It is Tuesday, the first day of August, and you're tuned in to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ware. Hope you had a chance to check out North Carolina A&T's preview on yesterday, as that's how we started out the week. As a matter of fact, we're going to preview all MEAC teams this week. And on today, we're going to preview the Savannah State Tigers, who have an interesting story. And I'm going to tell you what right now. Uh, be aware of Savannah State. This is not the same Savannah State program that we've known for so many years that has had little success. I, I mean, not not little success, no success, essentially, since joining the MEAC and really not much success since becoming a Division One independent member going back uh, to 2003. And so last year, this is a program that won three games now. You say they went three and eight. That may not seem super impressive, but when you think about where this program has come from, the fact that um, the first year of MEAC play in 2011, they won, they beat North Carolina Central. In essence, that was the only that and one other game. Maybe since then, was the only MEAC games that they won before they managed to win three in 2016 so uh, that's kind of what you're dealing with so let me set the table a little bit with respect to Savannah State as for those that had not heard back in the spring Savannah State announced that it was going to reclassify from division one and more specifically FCS in football to division two now they're going to play in the MEAC this year they're going to play in the MEAC next year, they haven't set a timetable beyond that. And one of the things that I read that I thought was very interesting is the only person that transferred was uh, was a, would have been sophomore quarterback Blake Deaver. He and T.J. Bell split a lot of time last year. Once the announcement was made, Deaver transferred to Arkansas State. Bell was essentially named the starter, and so that's going to give him some confidence coming in to this season. And actually, Bell had a pretty good season on last year. I thought Eric Rayburn did a, a really good job um, with the fact that he came in um, uh, and, and was coming into a program that had had no success. And to be able to get three wins, I thought was pretty good. Also, Savannah State had a pretty solid recruiting class. As a matter of fact, we had Savannah State tied for number 10 amongst all the HBCU FCS in terms schools in terms of recruiting classes. And one of the guys, unfortunately, that was going to be a star, I thought, in this recruiting class was Xavier Jenkins um, out of Vadasta, Georgia, a three-star wide receiver. And he, he decommitted um, from the program, if you will, once the announcement was made. So that was um, kind of unfortunate obviously for Savannah State, but I think a couple of guys from that class may help them um, immediately, including a couple of running backs in C.J. Cole and Jalen McLeod because Savannah State didn't do a very good job of running the football on last year, so they're going to have to have some new blood. Um, uh, As a matter of fact, they also uh, signed a bunch of linemen also, so they're looking to revamp uh, in the trenches and at that – at that running back position. Um, with that being said, let's talk a little bit about T.J. Bell and what 
he brought to the table last year and what he's going to be able to bring to the table this year. As a matter of fact, after the one of the victories for Savannah State, as a matter of fact, the game against uh, Bethune-Cookman, where they defeated Bethune-Cookman in overtime at home, 16-10. And what a, what a victory that was for the Tigers. Um, Bell was named the box to row, the national player of the week. He, he's a, he's a, a guy, a dual-threat guy. Throws the football, runs it. He's going to have to complete uh, at a higher percentage. Only 50% of his passes completed. 762 yards, five touchdowns, and six interceptions. But he had a good spring. He's a versatile guy. He's shown some flashes in the wins, which, again, there were three wins. Bethune, Cookman, Howard, Norfolk State, all of those games and those wins were at home. Bell played well. So when Bell plays well, the Tigers do well. And he's also a guy that can run the football 307 yards, rushing three touchdowns on last year. But, again, the Tigers are going to have to be a lot better in terms of their running game as as a team, they averaged only 99.3 yards rushing. And again, part of that was because Bell averaged 30.7 of those yards. So they're going to have to be able to establish that running game. They signed seven um, uh, offensive linemen. One of those guys, um, one of the offensive linemen that they signed, um, as a matter of fact, and a guy that they're going to um, hope that's going to be able to come in and help them right away was a mid-year transfer, uh, Michael Johnson, 6'7", 325 pounds, played at Fork Union Military. So he's already had some prep. He hasn't had college ball, but he's had beyond high school ball. So, you know, if he can adapt uh, rather quickly, went through the spring, um, you know, he's going to be one of those guys that you're really going to look at at this revamped offensive line for Savannah State. Um, the good thing for Bell, I mean, yes, his running game, it needs to improve, but he's got his two leading receivers returning. And Tino Smith II and Derek Kirkland, they combined for 55 receptions for 627 yards and three touchdowns on last year. you got to figure that that's going to be um, better than it was in 2017, especially because, again, Bell is going to be better. T.J. Bell is 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 really the guy that has to play well in order for the Tigers to be able to succeed offensively. They have eight starters returning to a an offense that um you know needed some work, but again, Rayburn just kind of getting in there now. He's had a full year to kind of get his offense in place. Bell knows the offense. So I think they're going to be very much improved um on this 2017 season. From a defensive standpoint, um, Savannah State returns eight starters on the defensive side of the football. Um, listen, you know, defense definitely was lacking. There's no question about it. They're going to have to turn uh, the defense around, giving up 410 yards of total offense per game and 31 points per game. That's not going to be able to get it done. So the defense definitely is going to have to be revamped. And by the way, anytime you lose – uh, and listen, I, I thought Marquis Smith, who who played some defensive end, played some outside linebacker um, over the last four years, you haven't really heard his name because Savannah State just hasn't had a good football program. But to me, one of the best defensive players in the MEAC for four years in a row, and it led to him being named uh, first-team all 
Miak last year and earning a spot on the Botch to Row All-American team. You got to figure out a way to replace 21 tackles for loss and nine and a half sacks, but they do return uh, Mullick Simmons, who had 73 tackles on last year, five and a half of those tackles um, for loss. And they also return a young man, a defensive end, by the name of Stephen Banks. Listen for that name. 67 tackles on last year, 41 of those solo, 17 and a half tackles for loss, and seven and a half sacks. The, this is the deal. You know, he's he, he played opposite of Smith. So, he, you know, he, he was benefiting a lot uh, because Smith was the, the guy that was more known and Banks was able to put up some numbers. I mean, but with that being said, I mean, you don't just put up 17 and a half tackles for loss and seven and a half sacks unless you're a good player, even if the, the guy that is more well-known on the other side is getting double teamed. So be on the lookout for that name, Stephen Banks. Savannah State opens the season. They're going to have one extra week because they're going to have um, a bye when the season opens. And so they're going to open the season on September the 9th. Boy, they got a tough game. Um, Savannah State known for playing these money games. Uh, they got to travel to Boone, North Carolina to take on uh, Appalachian State. As a matter of fact, their uh, other out-of-conference game the very next week is against the University of Montana which that is a tall task as well. So that's a look at Savannah State. On tomorrow, we're going to head down to Tallahassee, Florida and take a look at the Florida A&M Rattlers. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk with you tomorrow.